going to be watching because they're all on the other link. It says broadcast is live now. Oh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to a very 20-minute late episode of this week's Gig News. I'm your host, Chattagee Economist. As always, is my co-host, Hannibal is Hungry. And we have a so, guest host this week, Steve Johnson from Rideshare Rodeo. What's going on, man? Nothing. How are you guys doing? Good. We're happy we're live. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what happened to the other stream. Sorry. Um, and this is my first time using StreamYard myself. So anyway, um, pretty big news breaking over the weekend. Uh, judge struck down um, Prop 22 in California. And I wanted to have uh, Steve on because he, he, of all the like people in the gig space that I know, he seems to know a lot about uh, Prop 22. So link in the descriptions below, but we're going by this Washington Post article. It says, California judge rules unconstitutional the measure classifying Uber and Lyft drivers as contractors. A judge found Prop 22 unenforceable. Uber said it plans to appeal. And by when they say unconstitutional, they mean state California state constitution, not the U.S. federal right. constitution. And so, that's a and that's a very loosely used term there because they're talking about one specific thing mm-hmm. that they're now saying was written incorrectly in the in the proposition, which should have been looked at before it was put on the ballot. Right. I mean, they're talking. They're talking about the seven eighths majority that was written in, because they're saying that seven eighths would have to seven out of eight would have to override this to ever turn it over, mm-hmm. and uh, that that goes against California law. But to me, it's like, well, shouldn't you have mm-hmm. seen that before that proposition was voted on by fifty nine percent people who want who want Prop twenty two to override AB five. Yeah, I, I noticed that in a lot of comment section everywhere is like, so it was legal enough to get on the ballot, but not legal enough to enforce. Well, again, so as I'm as I'm reading these other stories too, I've got like three open right now, and I've got the mm-hmm. one we're we're looking at, but I'm finding other little bits and pieces because I forgot that you know again it was brought up by this judge. But nothing happens until it hits the Supreme Court, and Uber does not plan on changing it one bit. They're going to follow Prop 22 until it gets to the Supreme Court. Well, we know that it's going to take a while to get to the Supreme Court, and then once it right. does, they're going to hold that up. But hope, I guess their hope would be that, hey, 59% of people in this state voted for it, and you know, and that's not even just gig economy. That's on the November ballot when you voted for president, so... I don't know how they're going to get around this if they're going to just say, well, it was unconstitutional to say that it'll take mm-hmm. seven eight of the eight judges. Well, no, you guys should have caught that. It, it, it feels like it feels like a Hail Mary at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know I know for a fact, one thing I can tell you guys is that this if you remember, I don't know if you know this, but um, AB5 was legislation written by Assemblywoman uh, out of San Diego. And it right. was, and then it was Vina Duval who helped her write it. The attorney from uh, from University of California Hastings, and uh, so Vina got on board with all the unions. They also got uh, the they needed the sign off of Governor Newsom, which was done in November of 2019 to pass in 2020. So it just became a law like over a weekend when he signed it. So part of this drive right now is that. 
president or that uh, Governor Newsom is under uh, recall. And a lot of his voters are the people who wanted AB5 because he was at a point where he had to make a decision. Do I go, uh, you know, do I go AB5 way or do I go, uh, you know, let them stay independent contractors? And he did so much damage. But obviously those stats were simply brought about by the people who um, who give him money, you know, his supporters. But mm -hmm. now he's almost forced as he's being like pushed out of office potentially to really reclaim those people. And so it feels like a power grab right now to cr try and grab back. You know, they made AB5. It was a mess. Then Prop 22 overrode it for the app-based on-demand gig economy. And now it's like a power grab as he's about to maybe get kicked out of office. Yeah, it just seems it all seems like weird timing, and it seems very like they don't they don't like the outcome. So let's let's mm -hmm. take this to court. You know, it's I don't know. I mean, to me, it, people voted on it. We voted, or California voted on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's that's what I was saying. What like last week or two weeks ago? I'm saying, don't you find it ironic that the people that like to use that word demo democratic, um are opposed to something that was passed in a, the most democratic manner you can possibly have. Right. There's no and more, there's no more democratic matter than a proposition where any voter with a pulse can vote on it. This and, wasn't that the legislator voted on it. It was the people voted on it. And remember a lot of people who voted yes on <laughs> prop 22 were like literally sweating over that vote. They're looking at it going, I don't want to vote for anything that's pro Uber Lyft instacart and doordash but they when when you read it it was uh, we have to otherwise we lose all the independent contractors which is a third yeah. of the united states workforce i mean if it gets to proactive i'm saying you know it's but even ab5 it's a huge amount of people who got destroyed i mean we've had traditional independent contractor workers freelancers writers those kind of people on the podcast as well and most of those people are just out of business unless they got carved out yeah um, Steve, I was quoting you all weekend. I was saying, Steve said it best. He said, why would you, like, if you hate Uber or Lyft, like, and since we're independent contractors, we, they're really our customers or clients. And if you hate them and then you want AB5 to pass and turn them into your employer, it's like, why would you want to turn your worst customer into your employer? That makes no sense. <laughs> right. Yeah. Why would you, I mean, it, it goes across all boards. Why would you want to work with anybody you don't like? True. Yeah. You know, especially right now. I mean, you got, you guys both know that if you want to, and I'm not, you know, I'm not slamming people, but if you want to go out and get 15 to $18 an hour in healthcare, you can do that right now. You can go get a job doing that right now. There's too many companies hiring. Yeah. Amazon. Yeah, I mean, but anything. I mean, you actually, to me, I was telling somebody the other day, um, uh, you don't know, but I've told Chad before that I was in the service industry for a long time as a bartender and whatnot. We never would let somebody come in. I mean, you could come in and apply for a bartender. You're not going to get it. You know, we're going to make you start as dishwasher, server, all this. But right now, like, that's there's attainable goals for people who were previously unqualified. Interesting. Like a bar might take you under their wing right now because bars can't staff it. They can't keep enough people in there. So right now, for a job you would have never got hired from, you might. Mm -hmm. 
It's actually um, a great opportunity time if you're looking to do something like that. And so these these people who want minimum wage or a, a, what they call a floor payment minimum wage, mm-hmm. they got to realize, let's look at New York. The floor payment becomes the ceiling payment immediately. It just facts. does. Facts. It, it just does. You're never, you guys, if you're guaranteed $15 an hour by Uber for the time that you're on, they're going to make sure in the algorithm and people can claim that the algorithm doesn't do this, but I'm going to tell you right now from working with all the stuff we've done at para, I know for a fact how the algorithms work and it does do this. Like if it, if it sees, especially if they had to start paying hourly, I mean, if it sees that, okay, he's, he's done two trips, that's how much we have to pay him hourly, make him sit idle because they don't have to pay for that time. And just don't give any more trips till the next hour. They're not going to overpay you unless they're just so slammed they have to have you. Hannibal, what was your reaction when you heard this news? Well, you know, it's interesting. California is a weird place. Um, <laughs> very interesting place. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in New York, so as if it's kind of like we're both in the same issue where there's things that just doesn't make a lot of sense. Does it, it don't seem like anyone's happy with this situation at all. I'm looking at you know, Prop 22 was basically proposed as a way to limit or reduce the cost because Uber and Lyft are saying, hey, if you make, if we, you know, have employees, everyone, you know, the customers are going to have to pay. But even after it was passed, you know, rates still went up anyway. And, the, you know, and it seemed like this situation what was beneficial towards the, you know, people who are working for workers' rights and, Again, they're trying to become full-time employees, and it's just a weird mix of people who want to be full-time with companies they like. What Steve said, do don't they don't like, they don't respect, they don't understand the, the algorithm, and they're not transparent. So, you know, what, what's the end game here? You know, and I and I think uh, the Uber spokesman, I forgot the person's name. I read it in one of the articles. It, like I said, you're going against the will of the people. They voted for this. So how are you right. going to reverse it? The will of the people voted. And yes, uh, Uber and Lyft and DoorDash, they spent a lot of money. I mean, that's what you do. That's, that's what the whole lobbying thing is about spending you get, hundreds of real, millions of dollars. Realize to- so did California too, though. They, mm-hmm. You know, they, we always talk about the $208 million that those gig companies yeah, yeah. spent. California spent about the same. It was like 188 Yeah. to fight this. That's wasted tax money. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, is, it, is it just an idea of, again we're trying to find this middle ground between employee and independent contractor it's still there's still a a, a mess i mean that's the only word i can use for it it's like a complete mess and i don't know like i think i think they're not going to be able to reverse this because the will of the people voted for this um but it's still very confusing i mean when i read i was just confused i got i have something to say to that i honestly think that what's happening is I've been doing UberLiftDrivers.com for almost five years and, uh, you know, the podcast for about 18 months. But honestly, in, in London, they're always a little ahead of us. And mm-hmm. right now in London, they created that third class. You know, we have we yeah, have the independent, true independent contractor, traditional. Then you have employee. And then they actually in the Supreme Court made a worker class. And so they're kind of still defining that. And that's the app-based gig economy workers Mm -hmm. they're trying to define how and i agree there needs to be some kind of definition and it needs to be done over time all these got pushed through so quick but we know why ab5 happened lorena gonzalez was approached by unions because the uber and lyft put the taxi game out of business in california other states too 
I mean, you, well. you, you know that in New York big time. Well, definitely, definitely. I mean, in fact, in New York, it's the medallion, so it's even worse. Yeah. Um, you know, those people got hammered. But um, in California, it shut it down. Well, remember that the unions had ever, a piece of every cab company in California. So when they went before the pandemic, even from 2012 to 2016, when they went from union memberships of 60% down to like 15 and then all of a sudden cab companies are closing they don't want to pay their dues they realize we're not making any money so they said let's go after the gig economy and get these guys and then they said let's make a bigger net and go after everybody that's a freelancer a journalist a musician um you name it an interpreter all of them <laughs> got thrown under the ab yeah. Yeah, they, they said screw it let's unionize all these people and what they don't realize is that 59 million workers in this country, or what they do realize, but they never talk about, is that 59 million workers in this country are independent contractors, whether it be old school style or whether it be, you know, gig based. Total, it's one third of our, it's one third of our economy, of our, of our workers. How do you think that if you create all these as employee positions that any, close to any number of these people will have employment? If, if, if they have to make yeah. employees, employee tax crushes companies. They're going to minimize everything. They're going to franchise model. All kinds of nasty stuff. Stuff's going to happen. They, I, I was a uh, surprised to see it, like how many people like on social media were like cheering this. I'm like, are you nuts? Well, first of all, Prop Twenty Two is still in place at least for now. It's going to be a while before they say. You know, okay, AB five is back in effect, or well, that's what I was just reading. Or it, it, is. it actually has to go through the Supreme Court. Just them yeah. making this decision didn't do mm. anything. It's just is making a case for a Supreme Court case. Mm. I mean, to me, I don't think they'd win this Supreme Court case. Yeah. Um. So, I just don't know how to convince people. Like, I, actually, let me let me let's go back a minute. Um. Except, Steve, I know you were saying, I think on your last show or two shows ago on your podcast, by the way, check out Rideshare Rodeo Podcast, um, you were saying, you know, Uber and Lyft essentially wrote Prop 22, but they're not even playing by their own rules. Can you kind of, you know, elaborate on that? Well, I mean, they have, so, you know, I mean, you're supposed to be getting, and they it, the wording, just like AB5, so it's not like they did any worse than AB5 was, but the wording of Prop 22 they're not following it to the letter. I mean, there's things in there like you have to be doing, if they're doing this many hours, you have to have them on this much of a stipend for healthcare. There's so many like factors. And at least as of now, these people aren't seeing it. Not many of them. There's a few that I've heard who are full, full time who have gone in and really fought and get it. But it's without a fight at this point and what AB5 and Prop AB5 passed a long time ago and Prop 22 this November mm -hmm. will be uh a year right yeah yeah it was two, on the november ballot 2020 yeah yeah so yeah it'll be a year i mean so <laughs> i don't know they're they just like ab5 and ab5 is a bigger mess prop 22 if you're gonna write something that's a proposition on okay here's what we're gonna do to avoid ab5 and then you get the people to vote on it and pass it you have to follow that to the T. You can't, and we all, I mean, I think both of you agree, and you know, Uber has always tried to get around things, sneak, 
go this mm -hmm. way, that way, not have to pay things, whatever they can do. So obviously they kind of did that with Prop 22, and I think that was a real mess because right now the PRO Act is being pushed real hard to go through. But even more than that, right now there's a big thing going on in Massachusetts that is exactly the same as AB5. They're trying to do the exact same thing, and it's the closest state to doing it. That's why I think with the with Newsom's position of maybe being taken out, that they're really pushing to at least make it look like Prop 22 doesn't exist and AB5 is holding while they try and pass it in Massachusetts. That's my thought, because I know I think that after reading what I've read, the Supreme mm -hmm. Court at most will say, and they can do this, they don't either have to just shoot it down or not. They can say, hey, listen, so you don't like the seven out of eight have to be have to vote for it to override it. No. Okay, well we'll make it, you know, six out of eight. Is that cool? And then get both parties to agree and then that's that. And they close it and keep it. Hmm. Well, I mean we can talk about prop twenty two and A B five all night, but uh I just we just want who voted mm -hmm. that yes on twenty two because mm -hmm. now they're they they won. They won in the election process and now it's still going to be taxed on them. Mm -hmm. Unions yeah. are going to be forced if this goes to, I mean, all kinds of nastiness. And it's like, I almost feel like it was a very fair fight. They tried to make it look like so much money was dumped, there was no way to fight it, but they did too. I feel like, you know, they just, it, I don't want to say it this way, but it almost feels like a sore loser situation. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean... You know, it's the Democrats want to save some face. Um, so is this? Just, so you're saying it's basically a it's it's political. It's to make it seem like they're trying when they know they're just yeah. wasting their time. And well, by I, making I, by doing this story and getting a judge to do this can buy them what a year, maybe two before the Supreme Court ruling. In which case, Prop 22 will remain in place, and maybe they'll push it through faster. But I think that's done because of the timing of this Massachusetts vote because it's big. If Massachusetts mm, yeah. goes through with their AB5 legislation and mm. New Jersey's right behind them, those are the next two that want to go yeah. this route. And I don't the like next... that. And and by yeah. showing that, hey, Prop 22, we, we're going to knock that down. It doesn't work. Mm. It almost makes those state voters think, okay, this is a doable thing. Because right now they watched AB5 happen and then the gig economy kick it in the dirt. And <laughs> go, no. You know, so it's like they can almost make it look to help those mm. two states. Okay. Interesting. Um, I can't speak for these two guys, but I am not a Democrat or Republican, so I'm not playing political favorites here. But uh, I, to me, like both those parties are trash, so I will dunk on either equally when, the, when it presents itself, but there isn't too many stories where we're covering about Republicans and doing something gig-related that I disagree with, but... We need to start having an age cut off for uh, for people in office. Like you can't be over forty. <laughs> no more of these eighty-year-olds, you know, with dementia yeah. walking around. And like, come on, man, we got to start having some young blood in there who actually has a fight in them. Um, we're gonna we're gonna move on to the next story. I'm Steve. Can you stick around, or do you got to bail? I should bounce. Okay. Thanks for yeah. coming by. I wanted That's to have Steve on specifically yeah. for this story. All right, yeah, check yeah. out Rideshare Rodeo Podcast, everybody. I'll put links in the description. All right. Thanks, Steve. Yep. Yeah, see you. I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Have a good night. All right. 
Back to the two-man crew here. Are you happy that you don't live in California? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've never even... No, that's not true. I was going to say I've never visited there. I have. I visited there in 2014 or 15. No, 2015. And I, well, I was up in Northern California. And, I mean, it was, like, beautiful. It was, like, the Redwood Forest. It's good to um, visit, I'm assuming. Probably yeah. not to live, but to visit, probably. And it's, I, I was especially... Uh, not well pre-covid would love to have visited san diego like just for the beer scene you know yeah but uh i don't know i don't know if i'll ever get there anymore anyway back to the news so we got um another uh grub puff grub puff go puff (laughs) go puff uh let me see how do i switch to this whoops there we go Tempers flare as GoPuff slashes driver pay at warehouses around its Philadelphia headquarters about a week after raising a cool $1 billion. That's a billion with a B. And it's funny because I just signed up for GoPuff and I'm in with them now, but I haven't worked for them yet. So um, I'm just going to try to uh, you know get cover this real quick. So in recent days, GoPuff drivers across Philly received notes that they were about to get an hourly pay cut down around 30%. For at least one warehouse, according to multiple GoPuff drivers and emails reviewed by Insider. By the way, it's on businessinsider.com. Drivers say the move is part of a continuing decline in driver pay at the company's oldest and busiest locations. Tensions have been running high between drivers and GoPuff managers in the area, with the drivers complaining that the company has been shortchanging them and refusing to hear their demands for more consistency and clarity about how much they're set to make on a shift. Um, you know, I'm not going to read this whole thing, but... Uh, link in the description below. You guys, I put links to everything that we cover. That way, you guys can read it before we even start talking about it, or if you're watching this on the replay, you know. Um, so Hannibal, you know, we've. Uh, it seems like every time we cover GoPuff on this show, it's always negative news. Like our yeah, first, I, I think our first episode. Remember, it said like GoPuff drivers say that they're essentially W two employees. Well, if if all right. So, as a GoPuff driver, you have to work on set shifts. You have no ability to reject reject the order, and you have to report to a physical, like a manager, a person. Mm. In my opinion, that kind of sounds like a W two. I mean, what do you think? I mean, there's, it sounds like a job. Like you sh- you have a job, like Gorillas, for instance. Uh, we, mm. I guess we'll talk about that later. They flat out say it's a job. It's a W two. You you mm. work, and you're gonna do what we tell you, and you're gonna get some deliveries and hopefully i'm assuming they get some kind of tips or something like that but you know if you if if independent contractor is more of a like freedom based well i don't want to take that job i'll take that job i'll you mm-hmm. know i don't want to work this shift but if you're if if gopuff wants to behave like a w-2 then they're gonna have to pay and have and give those people benefits yeah as a w-2 so i don't know where they're going to do to you know well, you know what? GoPuff reminds me a lot of Amazon Flex. It's it's a very very similar setup because like with Amazon Flex, you you ha- you have a set schedule. Like there's a few different jobs within Amazon Flex. The only thing that was so I mean like the only thing we didn't need and they don't do it anymore is Amazon Flex used to actually have their own version of like um, DoorDash, Uber Eats, or or Grubhub where you could actually order restaurant food through amazon prime now and get it they delivered doing like, that? i haven't heard I haven't yeah wow oh yeah. uh, it was like two years ago yeah, no, it was yeah a while ago. i remember that so that was the only thing you could do on amazon flex like real true independent contractor type stuff 
But everything else is on a schedule. Where you have to be at a certain place at a certain time. And like when you get to the warehouse, you just get in line, and whatever rack you get, that's where you're going. Yeah. The only thing you can do is, like, you could cancel your like. You could just like come up with an excuse and be like, "I got a family emergency. I can't do this route or whatever." Um, <laughs> girl to life and gig life said, "Lol, I like how Chad casually sprayed his cat with water." Yeah, I have my uh, yeah, cat repellent a- here. <laughs> so. Uh, you know what's funny is, and I've been having this, um, well, not really a conversation, but um, I, I, something I've kind of thought about is that I think the Amazon Flex and GoPuff model, and I think that's actually kind of the wave of the future is where everything is just going to be ghost kitchens and ghost warehouses, and then you'll just show up somewhere. That way you don't have to deal with customers in like hopefully whenever you pull up we'll all be ready to go like we talked about this you know a week or two ago with instacart talking about doing warehouses which, which would be very similar which i i think it's actually that kind of model though unless there's a warehouse in every corner it's actually kind of a pain because like you would pull up to the warehouse get your stuff go make deliveries and you have to go all the way back to the warehouse at least like with you know you know grubhub doordash uber eats instacart shipped it's like you make your delivery and then there might be another store around the corner from your last drop-off. Yeah, it, so. it, it was, it's very effective with um, dense areas, like where I live, where everything is super close mm-hmm. in terms of neighborhood. Like, I'm assuming, like, in Williamsburg, where I saw the, you know, gorillas. If you have, a, a you know, two warehouses in Williamsburg, you pretty much got that place covered. Now, like I said, places where you live, where everything is a little further apart, th- I can see that being more of a pain. But, you know, go go puff was famous basically by being near college campuses, right? Just being there to buy what hookah yeah. and you know snacks, stuff like that. So, but yeah, you're right. Like it's a, it's another level of independent contractor. But are you still independent, where you have to provide more of a commitment? And then, mm-hmm. does the company provide more benefits to you because you're now having more of a commitment? You can't just do two orders and then leave. Like maybe you can, but you you have a set shift. You made a commitment, so. They're going to have to do more than, you know, the idea of cutting um, wages by 30%. I mean, that's significant. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's a good chunk of money. Yeah. You're going to have to do something more to satisfy the, you know. But, like, if like you signed up. Are you still considering doing a gold puff shift? Yeah, if if only for, you know, journalistic purposes to just kind of, like, see for what YouTube? it's like. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, you know what's such a pain about gold puff is you need – three apps to do it like you need the actual gopuff driver app which is not in the app store right. and then there's two other apps one for like your your uh, like where you put your bank information and stuff and another one for like where you schedule your shift that like, is I don't not know. efficient at all no i agree <laughs> i was like I, that's i've never seen that before where i needed three separate apps or even two apps like i was anno- i was annoyed with corner shop giving me two credit cards I'm like what oh uh, yeah yeah you know what i mean but three apps that's a bit much yeah um yeah so i you know what's funny is think of all the gig tubers there are i can't even like think of like any video i've ever seen where somebody did like a go puff ride along or they're not big but you i've actually seen a few that do go um go puff but yeah they're not no big no like you know a significant following you have to like go and deepen find you know someone with maybe 200 subscribers something like that but they're yeah. there they're there I think your driver might have talked about it like once, so 
Yeah. Oh, I think doesn't uh, Lavaris uh, gig life? Doesn't he do GoPuff? He does everything. <laughs> he's able to yeah. do like, everything. I know Rodeo and Burpee. I, there's so many I haven't even heard of. But did, I don't think. Yeah, I think. Well, area. I think Burpee is only in Texas. Well, yeah, he's in Texas, so all those hubs, yeah. you know, all the technology companies are going in Texas, so he has like mm-hmm. access to all of them. I don't think he does GoPuff, but if they if they if they're around, he would he would be on him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, just more bad news for GoPuff. Somebody, let's get some good GoPuff news. If anybody's watching who's a GoPuff driver, let us know in the comments and, you know, whether you like it or not. So, um, all right, we're taking our first uh, break here. If I can find it. Where is, I, I know I uploaded it, the video for um, DUH. Where is settings? Nope. Banners, brand. Nope. How the heck do I? I don't want to share the screen. I want, oh, here it is. Okay, video file. Sorry. It's well. You know what? Maybe this won't be the first audio podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, where did I put this? There it is. Okay. Here we go. Delivery driver. Whoops. Less stressed while driving and earn more at the same time? The driver's utility helper app allows you to do just that. Create custom filters and its automated system does the work for you, automatically declining unwanted low-paying requests and accepting more profitable requests so you can focus on driving. Visit acceptordecline.com to get started today. All right, so that was an ad for Driver's Utility Helper, which I've been using myself um, on my Android phone. And actually, this coming Wednesday, I'm supposed to be interviewing Gary Middleton from Middleton Technologies, who created Driver's Utility Helper. Nice. So uh, be sure to stick around Monday, or sorry, Wednesday at 8 Eastern Time. And uh, I'm going to ask Gary, like, how the app works and, like, can you do this with it, you know? So, it's funny. I have his I have his number in my phone. I've actually messaged him. I'm like, "Hey, is there a way you could add this?" And he's like, "Yeah, I could probably do that." So, all right, moving on. Speaking of which, we're talking about uh, DoorDash again. DoorDash abandons four hundred million dollar investment in Gorillas. We just talked about this last week. So Gorillas is a uh, German kind of uh, fast, not fast food, but like fast um, convenience type delivery. Correct. <clears throat> so um, let, I'm just going to read this real quick. Food delivery giant DoorDash has pulled out talks with fast-growing German grocery startup Gorillas as the U.S. takeaway company eyes its options for a European launch. 
The New York listed company had been in negotiations over a $400 million investment in gorillas, which has expanded rapidly across Europe, including into the UK, with the deal collapse in recent days. Three sources confirmed the deal would have valued grills at a reported $2.5 billion, far lower than its planned $6 billion valuation the startup had been seeking earlier this year. The Telegraph understands a letter of intent had been signed between the parties, but DoorDash tore it up after Gorillas attempted to find another backer at a higher valuation. DoorDash declined to comment. But we're not going to decline to comment. <laughs> what, was, what was your thoughts when you heard this news? I thought I thought maybe DoorDash thought, you know, we don't have to worry about this. It's this company considering that it's a W-2 company. DoorDash mm-hmm. is interested in hiring people. They're not interested in that model. Maybe they don't even want to deal with that model. And also, they may, you know, I think the end of that article, they said like a lot of these startups are going to get eaten up by bigger companies anyway. Maybe they think they can get them cheaper later on when, uh, you know, because a lot of these companies, they're not necessarily are there to, we're going to be there for the, you know, forever. You know, we're going to be there and be like, you know, AT&T. They're there to see who else will buy them. And maybe DoorDash is like, well, we're not, you know, you're not really that interested we're not just in the buy right now or in the vest. We'll come back later, maybe when you're ready to sell and it's cheaper. You know, I, I think maybe their business models are totally different, and DoorDash did not want to be bothered with that. And, or DoorDash probably thinks, hey, we've got some already, we already have some ghost kitchens already. We could probably mm-hmm. do it ourselves. We not, may not need to be bothered with gorillas. So, you know, I, I, the gorilla model, I feel like it only works in a small amount of markets. It has to be super dense. It has to be like in yeah. metropolitan areas. You know, go, you know, or even go puff. These businesses are not going to work in the burbs. It, I don't see how that, you know, because especially with gorillas, everything is on e-bikes and scooters. I don't know if they even um, have anyone in cars. So when I had that little uh, YouTube short, they have like, you know, five, six, seven um, electric uh, bikes stationed. And they got the mm-hmm. big pack, backpacks, and there's there's so much stuff on his backpacks. Another person has to help put it in their backpack, and then they get on their scooter, <laughs> they get on their bike, and they go somewhere. And it's funny when I was filming that, I saw a guy pop out of that warehouse, and I said, "Hey, do you like the job?" And he kind of is like, "Yeah, it's all right." Like he didn't have a he was wearing a very enthusiastic about it. So I'm like, "Well, that just feels like a DoorDash or feels like Uber Eats." Like when you usually go out in the, in the field and you ask someone how they, you know, how is it? They don't they're never really enthusiastic about it. You know, it's like, eh. Yeah, you know, it's a job. You know, it's it's okay. Mm-hmm. But now, but I did confirm that yeah, it is a W two. He you know he has a shift and he does his thing. So, you know, well that was a big surprise. I, I I well the big surprise is you think DoorDash are just spending their money, just throwing their money or everything. But I guess at this point they're like, Man, it's not really worth it. Sure, dry. Oops, sorry. Keep talking. You're learning. You're learning. You're learning. But yeah. what do you think? <laughs> Um, there was something in that article where it said, um, Gorillas was, uh, basically shopping around to get other sources. And it said, like, it said, like I said, DoorDash tore it up after Gorillas attempted to find another backer at a higher valuation. They're just like, well, we want more than 2.5. We want to be more than 2.5 billion. We want 6 billion, baby. So DoorDash was like, screw you. (laughs) Always trying to find other suitors. Like since when that became a a problem like you know you're always trying to find a better deal you know there's no loyalty in business i don't know well i mean that could be the, that could be the reason um yeah i it just seems like one of those projects that was just doomed just failed from the outset you know like you said like i think this this model only works in like new york chicago la 
Like where else? Maybe yeah, Houston it has to or be something. Super dense. Uh, mm-hmm. You can get to someone's house in ten minutes. Mm-hmm. I know, like a few comments in the video, like, "What happened if you get there in twenty minutes?" Like, I'm sure people are going there late, but mm-hmm. the warehouse is there, and and I'm sure there's a limit. Probably, I mean, ten minutes. What what's the limit you think? And even a dense area, maybe three miles. New York City traffic is mm-hmm. extremely congested. So, yeah, it's it's not it's not something you can really take worldwide. But that's the reason why DoorDash decided, hey, let's not bother with that. Have you ever ordered gorillas as a customer? Nope, I'm an Instacart guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been I've usually I pick up my food, but yeah, I'm more of an Instacart, you know, DoorDash, Uber, whatever. But I haven't tried gorillas. Okay, I just wanted. To, I was just kind of wondering, like, how it looks on the customer's end. Yeah, I don't even know um, what the app looks like. I haven't even downloaded yeah. the app. Yeah, it's funny. You know, what? there's so many apps I work for that I've never actually used as a customer. Yeah. <laughs> Lee, <laughs> Leo wants to say hi. <laughs> All right, if you be quiet, bud, you can sit there. All right, well, let's move on. Gotcha. I I feel like we covered this before, but we can talk about it again. Uh, from the Wall Street Journal, but this is from this week. Uh, it was August seventeenth. Um, ride-hailing companies get some drivers' ed. Survey published by DoorDash shows exactly why ride-hailing companies may be having a hard time luring back drivers. Lyft is now a profitable company, at least on the basis of adjusted earnings before interest. Let me zoom in here so people can see. Whoops. Both Uber and Lyft have been investing heavily in incentives to grow their supply, driver supply, and handle upticks in demand. Whoops. Lyft said it significantly increased investments to boost its driver base in the quarter. Wall Street seems to have interpreted Uber's steep losses in a period of time it will see better results. There may be limits to how much ride hailers' money can buy. Food delivery platforms haven't had the same issues as their gig economy counterparts. DoorDash said the second quarter brought more first-time drivers to its platform than any previous quarter, noting that over 3 million people dashed in the period. This comes to cite the fact that ride hailers have historically made more than food delivery drivers and recently have been banking record pay in many areas. A July survey of over 4,000 U.S. DoorDash drivers conducted by Quadrant Strategies and referred to in DoorDash's shareholder letter was illuminating. While ride hailers have said stimulus checks are likely to have weighed on driver supply, the survey found that more than half of DoorDash drivers have been driving to avoid applying for government uh, benefits, which is weird. It says they've been driving to avoid... Okay. That could indicate that food delivery is more flexible or accessible than ride hailing for drivers seeking extra cash. It might also mean that the end of stimulus checks will bring fewer drivers back to ride hailing platforms than those companies have hoped. Uh, man, I wish Steve was still here for this because, you know, Rideshare is the, the name of yeah. his game. That's his um, Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I feel like this is kind of a broken record, but, you know, we, we've talked about this before, and it's like, I think the next few months, actually the whole rest of this year, is going to be really interesting. Like, it is really, really slow right now. And when those unemployment checks, those PUA checks run dry in the next few weeks... I'm wondering, like, is it going to be, like, a perfect storm of, like, way, way, way too many contractors and not nearly enough customers? Or are those people just going to go back to their day jobs? Like, will there actually be, you know, uh, enough staff at restaurants now? I believe, yeah, it's it's, it's that, it's the... (laughs) 
Leo has a lot to say about it. It's either, it's a few things. It's either that, it's two things. It's the unemployment checks and it's the eviction moratorium. Because now mm-hmm. the, the government owns, uh, if you're a landlord, your property. Because they basically said you can't tell the person to leave. You, they have mm-hmm. to, you have to keep them in your property and you pay the bills while they stay in for free. So uh-huh. once that is reversed or people have to start paying their rent, they're going to have to go back to the jobs they hate. And that's the thing. A lot of people, you know, what was it called? The great uh, um, resignation. Like everyone is leaving their jobs. We have mm. this like existential crisis. We, we hate these jobs. But then we, you know, we're kind of enjoying the stay at home thing. But then eventually reality will come in and say, well, yeah, you have those jobs you hate, but you have to pay bills. So I'm thinking like all the places that because I think we still have millions and millions of jobs open that they're mm. going to have to go back to these jobs. That kind of helps us gig workers because, you know, we're going to probably just stick around. We're not we're not interested in doing W2. And a lot of people who've done the W2, who done, you know, ride share and Uber Eats and stuff like that last year, they're not 100 percent gig work. They're not fully in. They're here, they're, they're here for now. But eventually, you know, when they got to pay that rent, <laughs> mm-hmm. they're going to they have to go and get something more consistent. And I think those two things will I don't think everything. I don't know if they'll ever get back to super normal, but I think it would help. I think in g- getting you know ride share to come back and realize, yeah, I don't really like this job. Like mm-hmm. no one grows up and says, "I want to be Uber eat," you know, U- Uber driver. I, you know, no one says, "I grow up to do that." But you're gonna have to do that when you have to pay your rent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to pay your rent. You have to pay bills. You have to be an adult. So I think those two things will get things back to normal. There's a there's something interesting in this article. I should bring this back. Um, it said not all gig comic work is equally appealing to all drivers some of it might never be according to the survey 96% of DoorDash drivers don't currently drive with rideshare platforms while 82% said they have never done so and don't plan to most cited safety as a concern one unlikely to abate the delta variant continued spread nearly three quarters of those drivers said they didn't want to share their vehicle yeah so it's funny like I don't think the there de- like- I don't think the Delta variant is the reason why they are citing safety. You know, the mm. de- Delta variant does not you know rob you or try to slash your throat or something like. Yeah, the- that's <laughs> what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're not worried about that. In the Delta mm. variant, unless it's, unless that's a gang in New York City, mm. like is that the blood and Delta gang? Like, you know, let's be honest, they're not worried about that. I mean, maybe some are. You know, maybe some are. But I'm assuming mm. it's. I don't want my back turned in front of a you know potential criminal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kenneth Black said, "Don't forget the X factor. Gas prices are going up, which yeah, it's true. Yes, yes, definitely. You definitely. drive you drive a lot more doing rideshare than doing delivery. Yeah, like I, I mean, I forgot the mileage. I've heard someone say they drive uh, Uber, and it's like, damn, that car you run that car into the ground, but you have to because that's <laughs> the point of being a cab or being a you know rideshare. So, yeah, it, it's 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 math. You know, a lot of it's yeah. just based on math." Um, there's another story. Well, actually, I think we covered this last week. Is that Airbnb has a shortage of hosts, and uh, I, I I don't know if I ever told this on the show before, but my downstairs neighbor, he um, he's gone like five six days a week because he's a trucker, and yeah. I was telling him like there's a shortage of Airbnbs. I'm like I bet you could clean up, like you know, like I could ma- be your Airbnb property manager, you know, giving your keys like. I bet you can make. Well, actually, I don't know how much they make. What, like a hundred bucks a night? I mean, you it's it depends. Yeah, I, I guess mean, it's you have like a really nice property. house, but 
Yeah. Yeah. And then you can like gouge the person with cleaning fees. I've seen that a thousand <laughs> times. I'm like, come on, man. Like, it don't take this much money to clean the house. Like, we think we are a bunch of savages. Mm-hmm. Like, we're just destroy the place. But yeah. if, you have a, if you have a great area, um, take some really great pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could do pretty well with uh, with Airbnb. Oh, but I'm wondering. I don't know how much. I don't know how much money Airbnb takes off the cut. Like, I don't know if it's twenty percent. You do know? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Anybody in, in the comments, let us know if you know. Any property managers? Yeah. All right. Uh, one more at one more break, and then we get into the funny news. That drives for Uber and Lyft. Joe currently uses multiple phones to efficiently drive for Uber and Lyft. But this can be a pain at times and very unsafe. That was until Joe found Maximo, the rideshare app that automates Uber and Lyft ride requests. Maximo will use the filters set by Joe, like time, distance, and passenger rating, to determine which rides are best suited for Joe. When a ride request comes in, Joe doesn't need to worry. Maximo will automatically accept the ride request that matches his filters and then turn off the app that isn't currently on a ride. Once Joe finishes the ride, Maximo will turn everything back on. This will allow Joe to focus more on his passengers and driving safe. All right, so check out MaximoApp.com. Link in the description below, especially all you rideshare drivers out there. It's, again, it's only available on Android, and although it is another Middleton Technologies product, so check that out. Uh, All right, so now we get into the levity news. This is my favorite part of the show. So we have uh, another viral TikTok video, and there's actually two parts to it, so let me... uh, let me uh, share the screen here. A delivery driver says he left a note for a customer who didn't tip, reminding them that he doesn't work for free. A DoorDash delivery driver said he left a note for a customer who didn't tip, blah, blah, blah. Uh, on Tuesday, Esmond Fountain, who goes by French Fry Thug on TikTok. That's a good username. That's French Fry Thug. Yeah. yeah, I like that, actually. Posted a video addressing a customer who he said didn't tip. The video has been viewed more than 335,000 times. So a lot. (laughs) Yes, yes. He said in the video when he dropped off the customer's order, he left a note that read, if you can't afford to tip, you should go pick it up yourself. Who do you think you are to order food and have someone come and bring your order for free? For free! (laughs) And then, a few days later, same dude admits tip stunt was fake after going viral and so he's basically saying it was a hoax and he said amy is real she's a real habitual non-tipper but i did not leave that note at amy's um so is this dude just uh caught with his pants down and he's trying to back out of it or you think he he really pulled one over on and everybody it's possible he pulled one you know that's the problem when you see these these uh moments on tiktok or any social media platform you immediately believe that the person is not telling the truth or he's lying or even the weird one with we saw that i don't know who of the uber eats or doordash or that was taking the food and put it into a container at first she's like your first thing like this is, can't be real because it's just so ridiculous 
Oh, the but, one we did last week? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, with this person, he may have done it. Now he's trying to backtrack. But, you know, you're a TikToker. You, most TikTokers are trying to find ways to get attention. So you try to be as, you know, you try to be something, you know, you try to be exaggerated as possible. something over the top. So, you know, it could have been a big host. I, I, who knows? But it kind of ruins the whole idea if it is fake. I know mm-hmm. uh, Tanner did a video earlier today. I think it was say or yesterday. Yeah, he's like, well, yeah. Even if it's fake, it's still a cool idea. Or it still has a good message. I'm like, no. F- the message to be to be worth it is it has to be real. It has to be actually he did this for this reason. If he did it, and we're like, well, I just I act I, I acted. It was an act. It ruins it ruins the the whole idea of why you're doing it in the first place. You know, are like you taking a stand or not? Yeah. Again, I still don't get TikTok TikTok culture. It's like <laughs> it's you're not running ads. Thing. You're not this. running ads on your video. I don't because it's about attention. You get you get the attention, and then you get the <coughs> whatever sponsorships or what have you. I don't know. Jacqueline Taylor said, "I watch. He is acting to get views, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's better uh, DoorDash TikToks I've seen where you could tell it's fake, but it's still entertaining. That one, it looked like he tried to make it seem like it was a real thing." And then when it turns like, oh, yeah, this is real. He's like, oh, I'm just acting. I'm like, well, that ruins the, you know, it wasn't that interesting. We need to get, we're still looking for a TikTok correspondent. So, uh, like, I thought Lavaris Gig Life or um, John Dash, uh, Dash Theory TV would make a good TikTok correspondent. But, uh how much how much DoorDash content happens on TikTok on a weekly basis, though? Apparently, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> or is enough for? I mean, like even Nugs like can dig and find something at least funny to talk about, you know? Yeah, yeah, he's a pro at that. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see anything on Reddit this week um, that was worth talking about. Um, <clears throat> we just got one last story. Uh, this isn't particularly funny. Uh, let's see here. Jay Cutler dropped from Uber Eats campaign because he opposes mask mandates. Jay Cutler, the former NFL quarterback and former reality TV star, was dropped from an advertising campaign, and he says Uber Eats' decision is because of his opposition to mask mandates for school children during the coronavirus pandemic. Lost a commercial with Uber Eats partnering with the NFL. Cutler tweeted Friday, was going to film in L.A. Views are online. Guess they don't like my future school board members. Freeze up my weekend. <laughs> Uber Eats confirmed Cutler's views that are at odds with those of the company. We are proud of all the work Uber has done over the last year to help get as many people vaccinated as possible. An Uber spokeswoman told the Washington Post. and such, we prefer to partner with those who support that work. After announcing Uber Eats' decision, Cutler followed up with another tweet about the response he had gotten from pro and anti-maskers. Appreciate the words of support. What I don't understand is the people verbally attacking me. What happened to unity, acceptance, and bringing people together? Seems like that isn't the case unless I agree with you. Get a shot or wear a mask. Your choice. I will make my choice. And it said he's considering a run for school board in Tennessee's Williamson County over mask mandates. So, um, I don't know. Is this really a controversy? Not really. I think that's that's just the state of our society right now. Um, there are a lot of it's just a lot of people really in fear I mean it's a lot of fear and people are reacting the way people who are in fear react and it's also a level of ignorance of well if you only watch a certain if you only get your information from the same sources then they're all going to behave the same way if you're watching Mm -hmm. something that's being told to you that you're going to die your children are going to die (laughs) <laughs> because you, someone else that you don't know 
has been not vaccinated even if if you are then you should be fine and you drill in that person you know that that news media drills in your head what else you know what are you gonna do you know and you know it's, it's a big divide right now so i mean right now i can't go to a restaurant unless i show a card so yeah it, it, that's know. a that you know that if the prop 22 hadn't happened i thought that would have been a great top story is um because and it's funny because uh, uh not bloomberg uh de blasio he he really got lucky with uh the whole afghanistan debacle because that happened the the same time so yeah. new york city is i mean a couple other cities are doing this too but they're doing the uh vaccine passports for lack of a better term and it's super, super controversial, and I think it's doomed to fail. And Hannibal is in New York, and I think you know, ha- you know, having that first-hand experience. Although, you know, it's funny. I think they actually have an exception to the law. It says if you're just coming in to pick up food, you don't or, have to show. Or if you are a performer. Yeah. Right. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So we're so worried about just carry like, like a guitar with you. Be yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The idea that you're an athlete, you're you know you're you are a performer to come in here. You don't have to be vaccinated. That's how much we care about yeah. the safety. You can come in and bring money or whatever to the to the mm-hmm. city for people who have to be vaccinated to come see you. But you don't have to be vaccinated. Nothing makes sense. Is no there's no consistency whatsoever. Mm-hmm. If you want to get the vaccine, go ahead. If you don't, you don't. I, I you know, and. The numbers are there. The information is there to read to show you exactly how vulnerable you are in terms of who is in the ICU. People that are in the ICU are mostly obese or old. Those, yeah. are, but we, there's no campaign to work out. There's no campaign to eat well. There's no campaign to well, run a lap around the house. You know what well, I mean? Like, unless you're a little kid, wasn't that Michelle Obama's deal? At least that she that would have been that would have at least make sense right now. But yeah. no one ever talks about why why there's so many overweight people in the ICU. Like, yeah. So that's why it shows like it's not really. You know, I don't want to get too political in here. But I know YouTube's gonna nuke this video. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just gonna finish. We can we it's, can finish. It's, yeah. It's not it's not based on safe. It's not based on safety. It isn't. It's not. Yeah. yeah. That's all. Um. I, I I would say if you can make a video about that about whatever i mean it doesn't fully kick in until uh mid-september but i know like, thing, it just started another thing too when you're in the hood no one's doing that so yeah. i go to china no one like no one mm-hmm. you go to a, a small business that's trying to survive <laughs> you know you walk in with money they cut they take you in like they're you know i'm assuming there's you know the gentrified areas the places where you know well they they're totally into that but most people in the hood they mm-hmm. you walk in and they don't care do you know uh, they actually tried this in uh, Russia and they gave up after like a week or two because it just was so unsustainable? There's riots in France. There's riots in Australia. Like this is it's it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. All well, based on this situation. Yep. Actually, we do have one more story, but it's a, it's kind of a gig tube related news. Um, so apparently, a couple of gig tubers think Cover, who's actually. I guess you could call them one of my sponsors. They're like, I guess there's like a difference between like an active sponsor, like the the DUH and Maximo that we just showed, and then like the passive sponsors that are in the description box of every video. Um, so Cover is kind of like supplemental insurance. Actually, I don't think they bill themselves as insurance. They call it portable benefits because mm. it's it's kind of like Affleck. You know, it's kind of like supplemental insurance. Um, it's not like health insurance outright. 
or car insurance. Like, it's not progressive. It's not Blue Cross, Blue Shield, something like that, you know? It's kind of like if you're... If you can't work, they're going to throw you some money to cover up, you know, your lost wages, basically. But what if you have to read the fine print is that you kind of have to pay that back. So uh, there's a YouTuber known as Dash or Pass, and she's started making a video. It was like a week or two ago, and she was like digging into this, and she was saying like, you know, I think Cover is like really shady and. She's like was she didn't really she didn't say outright it is a scam it was more like asking a question like is it you know and then our favorite Karen Jen on the go picked up on it and started reporting this almost as fact so like I said Cover is one of my sponsors so I, doing some actual investigative journalism I just emailed Cover directly and asked them to respond to some of these allegations. And so I'm going to make a video, hopefully sometime this week. In fact, I would love to just have one of the Cover um, representatives on, like, as a podcast. If I could do it live, where you guys could come in and ask them questions. And uh, so I, I think there's definitely merit to these, you know, uh, Dasher Pass. Her, her real name is Faith. Um, uh, there's some, you know, some merit to, like, she points out a lot of, like, sketchy stuff around Cover. But it's kind of all like guilt by association, like the DNS server they use, and um, yeah. so like they use instead of like GoDaddy or something like that, they use this company called Namecheap. And if you look up their DNS registry information, <laughs> the actual physical address goes to a phallic museum in Iceland. And yeah, it, yeah, that's, it's a bit, it's, it's funny and it's weird. Yeah. It's yeah. weird. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, that is that is an ultimate in-joke to any nerd that can be bothered to look that up. Because to look up somebody's DNS registry, that is that is very that is very, very nerdy. And as a lot of you may have known, that I took a cybersecurity course uh, all last year. And I actually I brought this to the attention of some of my former professors, and they're basically saying the same thing I just said. They're like, Yeah, that's it's that's pretty clearly a joke. You know, there's no law that says you have to use your actual physical street address. I mean, it's, it's the internet, you know. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm gonna keep looking into it. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. If you guys another saw concern, another concern she had. She is um, the idea of you you trying to cancel where Cover mm-hmm. isn't very forthcoming of trying to get you know someone requests a cancellation that there was some mm-hmm. there was some issues with communication with that, and that's not. Um, that's not only with Covert. That's a, there's a few companies that you know you really have to really go out your way to try to cancel. Um, but it, she did have a, a, I guess another video recently where she kind of had to she you know took she basically uh, took back some of the, the claims yeah. that she had. So you're talking about Daster Pass, yeah? Yes, ja- the Daster Pass. So you know um, that props for her to even have because you know you, you see this so many times where in media they'll put something and they never even. You know, we we can't it back or correct it. If they do, it's not announced. It's kind of like done in the middle of the you know whatever. They like just you know it's a little edit somewhere. So the fact that you know she's like yeah, I'm, you know a lot of stuff is not necessarily proof and but I still have some mm-hmm. concerns. I think it was a, a good play on her part. Yeah, I mean I wonder if she got like a uh, cease and desist letter or something too. No, I don't think. No, no, I don't think so. 
Uh, Kim's side money plans just showed up, but we're, it's fine. I think we're pretty much ready to wrap up about now. Um, you know, it's funny. Like we we uh, before the show, I was saying this is actually I believe our eighth episode. So that means we we beat the seven episode hump. They they usually they say most podcasts don't last seven episodes. So if you can make it just you know eight, it's a good sign. Yeah. So we're on. I mean, they were. On, I mean, the, I don't know the, the podcast gods were trying to mm-hmm. not have it work, but yeah, you, you push through. And uh, I am, I have a. It's all ready to go. Well, it's not. I should say it's not all ready to go, but I'm going to turn this show and the Wednesday night interview show into an audio podcast that you'll be able to download on like any podcatcher. So I know a lot of people say, you know, I don't have time to sit and watch an hour. 90 minute long video on YouTube. I'm always like, well, you can always just listen to it, you know, too. And like, and plus, you know, on video, uh, YouTube, you can play it back at 2x speed, you know, that's, which is what I do for like really long videos. In fact, I do it for short videos too. Um, Cause I, I subscribe to like so many channels. I have so much content in my subscription box. So I'd like just, if there was a 3x speed, I would probably watch it at that. But um, yeah, so this show, that we're doing right now may be the first audio podcast tomorrow, but since there were so many glitches right at the start of the show, maybe I'll wait till next week. We'll see. Gotcha. And uh, I still have the, and I, I will also include, so like what it'll be is on the audio podcast will be, cause like we do the show on Sundays and then I do the interview show on Wednesdays and then the audio podcast will be Mondays and Thursdays. Jeez, Leo. Calm down, bud. <laughs> He's like, I want to be on camera. I want to yeah. be on camera. <laughs> he wants some attention. That's what he wants. Hey, right here, Lisa's here. Um, you got anything to plug? I you got an interview with uh, Pedro coming up, I believe. It looks like we just talk every week now. We just like ramble for two, three hours. Uh, so yeah, probably sometime. Just in the call week. it the Hannibal and Pedro show. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah, just we just rant and rant and also and also I'm talking to Nugs. <laughs> On Wednesday, so that should be that should be fun. I know you already talked to him a couple of weeks G- ago. Gig so. tubers talking to other gig tubers. That format that, sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like yeah, similar format. It seems like uh, we we're doing uh, something similar. So yeah, we talk. We want to talk to him and uh, mm-hmm. you know you, you know just check you know check out my vi- uh, channel. I usually probably drop a video every once you know a couple of days of the week. Mm-hmm. I'm actually I'm gonna be on Steve uh, Ratcher Rody. I'm gonna be on his podcast in a couple of weeks. So. Uh, I'll be sure to plug that when uh, when that happens. Nice. So, all right. Well, it's kind of except for the Prop Twenty Two news, it was kind of a slow week. So, um, yeah, I guess that's about it. Unless uh, anybody else has got something. Yeah. Well, hope you know <laughs> what we'll see. We'll see what happens next week. I'm sure. There's always mm-hmm. something's going to happen. Yeah. Well, hopefully nothing uh, tragic or anything like that. You know. Hopefully not. Yeah. All right, well, let, let me know if you guys like this new format. I'm using this uh, site called StreamYards. I was using OBS the f- uh, for the first uh, seven episodes. In fact, I might keep using OBS for the interviews because I like how it, it switches back and forth to whoever's talking, and as far as I can tell, there isn't any way to do that on here. It's uh, like you just do split screen because like, if one person's not talking, they're just sitting there. It's kind of boring to look at, you know? <laughs> Chris Barnes says, do the Cobra video chat. Yeah, I'm working on it. I mean, it's not going to... Rome wasn't built in a day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
The Driven Dad said, for the record, Cutler was a terrible Bronco, but I agree with his stance on keeping our children humanized. So, oh boy, that could be a long. That yeah. could be another hour talking about yeah. that. <laughs> there, there was a lot of arguments in the in the comments section there, but I just completely skipped over those. So, smart, yeah. smart. All right, well, I will see you guys on Wednesday, and Hannibal will see you when tomorrow see night. You. Yeah. All right, bye. All right. All right. Thanks for watching. Bye. Good night. End broadcast. <laughs>